So the other day I watched a video on YouTube by an account called The Nerd Writer and it was about a movie called A Serious Man. Now it's a Coen Brothers movie. I actually have never seen the whole thing. I think I checked it out from the library at some point when I was working there and started watching it and got a little like bummed out and didn't finish and so I kind of got a summary the other day and apparently that's like the entirety of the movie is it's kind of just a bummer. Um, all these terrible things happen to this one guy and uh, a lot of people I guess argue online and maybe this is what prompted the nerd writer guy to make the video um, is like what's the purpose of it if every everything ends up going horribly wrong and what is the movie saying? Is the movie saying that there's no purpose in life? Um, I think the nerd writer argues basically that uh, it actually gives us opportunity to in a kind of existentialist way create more if there's no inherent meaning. I don't know, I'll link to it but you can watch it anyway. But I've, I've really from that been thinking about the truth or just telling the truth and also this week uh here in ecuador we had the elections on sunday not like i voted i mean they voted and i've just been a observer of what's been going on and a lot of people have been concerned about fraud they're saying people aren't being honest about the votes um basically it looks like there's going to be like a, a second round of voting because unlike the u.s you don't have two main candidates here they had I think six or seven candidates, so no one's getting near, you know, 50%, it's all divided among them, and in the second voting round, they'll only have uh, two candidates, at least that's what's explained to me, so thinking about that, um, thinking about meaning, and then, yeah, I've got this little book um, written by this uh, preacher, but who's also just, I think, one of the most articulate writers um, that I've stumbled upon in the past few years, and it's just talking about human beings and telling the truth. So there's some really nice lines. It's kind of maybe a little old school, but I thought I would just read something out of it that I liked for this random Wednesday. Um, I want to get into it, but just a little background because I'm not starting from the very first page. Uh, the year is 1872, and there's actually this preacher called Henry Ward Beecher who is going to Yale to give a lecture series. Um, it talks about how he didn't know what he was going to say until he was basically shaving and he had this idea and um, basically ran to go write it down and, and cut himself because he was already uh, yeah, like ready to shave and everything. So um, I'm pretty much just going to read a section here. I'm going to skip just this one tiny part because of the many names that I cannot pronounce. Uh, but here we go. Oh, and very quickly, um, other fact important to know is that he, Henry Ward Beecher, is apparently having an affair. Uh, and that is is partially what is, is talked about even in this first paragraph um, in regards to judgment. So... Uh, so when he stood there looking into the hotel mirror, with soap on his face and a razor in his hand, part of what he saw was his own shame and horror. The sight of his own folly, the judgment one can imagine he found even harder to bear than God's, which was his own judgment on himself. Because whereas God is merciful, we are, none of us, very good at showing mercy on ourselves. 
Henry Ward Beecher cut himself with his razor and wrote out notes for the first Beecher lecture in blood because whatever else he was or aspired to be or was famous for being, he was a man of flesh and blood, and so were all the men who over the years traveled to New Haven after him to deliver the same lectures. So then it says um, just a list of, of different people who came, um, who were some distinguished men, and it says, One thinks of them all, kissing their wives goodbye, if they had wives to kiss, packing their bags, and setting off to deliver their lectures on preaching, on what it means to preach, on how to preach, on what to preach, or maybe even why to preach at all, when sometimes almost anything else seems to be more relevant and make more sense. One thinks of how each of them left his world behind to go to Connecticut, and yet, at the same time, did not leave his world goodbye, or his world behind, because of course, no one ever can. You can kiss your family and friends goodbye and put miles between you, but at the same time you carry them with you in your heart, your mind, your stomach, because you do not just live in a world, but a world lives in you. You are a world. All of those men were worlds in their time with their whiskers on their chins, some of them, their clean shirts, their steel-rimmed glasses, their freshly polished shoes, and surely as each of them brought a toothbrush with him, he also brought with him his loves and hates, his fears of death and fears of life, his anxieties, his longings, his pride, his dark doubts. Each carried his world on his back, the way the snail carries his shell, and so did the ones who traveled to New Haven to hear them lecture. So one thinks of them too, the healers as well as the givers of lectures. There were fat ones and thin ones, old ones and young ones, happy ones and sad ones, some bright and some not so bright. They also brought their worlds with them, and when they looked into their mirrors, saw, if not adulteries of the flesh, then adulteries of the spirit, failures of faith, hope, love, failures of courage. Like Henry Ward Beecher, like all of us, each of them, too, had bled a little. All have sinned, St. Paul says, which is another way of saying it, or all are human, which is another. We have all cut ourselves. We all labor and are heavy laden under the burden of being human, or at least of being on the way, we hope, to being human. The distances between the inner world that each of us is are greater than their way, than the distances between the outer worlds of interstellar space. But in another way, the worlds of all of us are also the same world. An occasional bad night, not feeling well, a 10 o'clock arrival, a 2 o'clock nap, the same old face in the mirror day after day, an empty feeling in the pit of the stomach, a little blood. We are all of us in it together, and it is in us all. So if preachers or lecturers are to say that anything that really matters to anyone, including themselves, they must not say it just to the public part of us that considers interesting thoughts about the gospel and how to preach it, but to the private inner part too, the, to the part of us all where our dreams come from both our good dreams and our bad dreams, the inner part where thoughts mean less than images, elucidation less than evocation, where our concern is less with how the gospel is to be preached than what the gospel is and what it is to us. They must address themselves to the fullness of who we are and to the emptiness too, the emptiness where grace and peace belong, but mostly are not because terrible as well as wonderful things have happened to us all.
So it goes on to say a little bit about Shakespeare's play King Lear, which um, exposes many different elements of of truth in that uh, it exposes people who seem to be uh, on top of everything. The wise of the world are exposed as fools and um, people who are more lowly are, are kind of brought to light in the end as good characters, things like that. Um, but he quotes this one line, the weight of this sad time we must obey. Speak what we feel, not what we ought to say. And he even goes on uh, to talk about why Shakespeare wrote King Lear and uh, kind of what that means. So he says, Shakespeare may have well thought that for the sake of unity, clarity, dramatic effect, for the sake of his own sanity even, let alone his reputation, what he ought to have said in the play was one or the other of these, despair or hope. But instead, what he said was both of them. And thus, something in a way more than and different from either. What he said was what in the deepest sense he truly felt. He looked into the dark heart of things, which is to say, into his own heart and into our hearts too, and told as close to the whole truth as he was able. So I think there is a lot said there that's really very beautiful and worth just thinking about. I tried adding some commentary and it didn't really work. However, I will add just a few more thoughts that are not my own. So um, this one is by the lovely and very famous Ernest Hemingway, and he says, I'm trying in all my stories to get the feeling of the actual life across, not just to depict life or criticize it, but to actually make it alive, so that when you have read something by me, you actually experience the thing. You can't do this without putting in the bad and the ugly, as well as what is beautiful, because... If it is all beautiful, you can't believe in it. Things aren't that way. Um, so yeah, that goes that goes with the line. And then actually, so the guy's name, and I'm going to say this wrong, the actually telling the truth, the author, the preacher I was talking about, his name is Frederick Buchner. Gosh, I'm sure that's wrong. Um, but it's really cool. I like somehow, I can't even remember how stumbled upon his work last year, kind of when I started reading it, some like... Uh, quote online or something and I just was super pumped all the stuff he said just really resonated as true as worth writing as well written um, and articulate and I was so excited I was like ah, I have to order these books of course I was in Ecuador so I had to wait a little bit but now I'm reading um, two at once but he has this other quote uh, that I I guess right yeah I read in the other book the other day and the last thing I, I will add um, but it's also what I'm thinking about and it goes, I believe that the faith is by no means blind that sees his world just as not just a poem and only a poem, but as a high and unimaginable truth. So I kind of stumbled through that there, but as you can see, uh, somewhat on the same theme. And yeah, this is uh, what's just on my mind, what I thought I'd do the Why Not Wednesday about, because that's what Why Not Wednesday is for. And I suppose I will continue on this theme, I hope, in future podcast interviews, which uh, I will say I'm editing two in the moment, and I'm so delayed, but my sister's helping me because she's awesome, so hopefully they will come out soon. Anyway, wow, that was very brief. Mm -hmm.
have fun. Happy day. Peace.